Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Hello, I'm David Marsland from the Evening Standard. Follow the leader or hit subscribe and you'll get our news, analysis and commentary every day at 4pm. Give us a rating wherever you get your podcast too. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the leader. The highest risk factor for COVID-19 is age. Protecting our older population has been one of the biggest challenges. Shutting them away, keeping them apart from their families has been the most effective way to do it. Now, though, another vaccine announcement, this time with a message of hope for the elderly. The scientists behind Oxford University's research have released their stage two findings, and unlike previous vaccines, their one seems to be more effective in older groups. Our health editor, Ross Lydell, is with me now. Now, Ross, when we talk about vaccines, we think about blanket coverage for everyone, but actually there are complications with the elderly, and this one doesn't appear to have them. That's correct. This is, this is what the scientists at Oxford University are most excited about, because normally older people's immune systems tend to fade, and that's essentially why we die. We you know pick up bugs as we get older and can't recover from them. So the fact that this vaccine at least creates an immune response in older people is seen as very encouraging. So there's an opportunity here for those who have had to shelter away to finally get to see their families. That's correct. And the benefit here as well is that the actual delivery of the jab appears to hurt older people less than younger people. So I don't know whether this is just something to do with the sort of snowflake generation and the younger people complain more about pain and the older people are more stoical and just go on with it. But people who are reporting sort of side effects or pain in their arm say, you know, fewer older people say it's causing discomfort or queasiness in the next 24 hours. Something else I thought was quite interesting and potentially an advantage for this Oxford vaccine is it doesn't need to be kept at these incredibly low temperatures, minus 70 degrees centigrade for the Pfizer-BioNTech one. That's right. What they said today is that this is a fridge temperature vaccine. So basically it can be stored by GPs and by you know, the, the sort of big sort of mega distribution centres that will be set up to deliver the vaccine can be stored in a, a, a pretty conventional vaccine fridge, probably much like the fridges we have in our kitchens. Uh, you know, anyway, Pfizer did say that actually as part of their distribution of their vaccine, they would probably look to give all sorts of um, countries these fridges, or the freezers rather, in addition to the vaccine. But the Oxford one, yes, it's a much more conventional vaccine and therefore can be used more easily in Britain, but also crucially across the world in countries where their health systems are not as developed. And therefore, this could be a a global vaccine, which may not be quite as easy to deliver for the Pfizer jab. So we've had quite a few vaccine announcements now, Ross. Is it game over for COVID-19 yet? Well, the main scientist 
at Oxford said on the radio this morning, essentially, he's a mountaineer in his spare time. And he was asked where we were in terms of getting to the, the pinnacle. And he said, what today's announcement means is that we're basically, we've reached the foot of the mountain, we've completed the long trek to the mountain itself, but we're not at the top of the mountain by any means yet. What he did say as well to journalists, I've just been listening into a, a briefing there for science and health journalists, and he said basically it's entirely possible that the Oxford jab, which is the UK's homegrown jab, could be available first in the UK. It could actually win the race. But the reality is that for most of the working age population and working age Londoners, we may have to wait until spring or summer before we get a chance to get this. But the, the good news is, though, is that in terms of the Oxford vaccine proving effective, this is the one that the government has most doses ordered for. The government has ordered 100 million doses of this. It's only ordered 40 million of the Pfizer and 5 million of the Moderna. So basically, this is the one we want to work most because we've got most doses ready in the cupboard. There's more from Ross on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. Now. Every time I think I got this Spider-Man thing figured out, something goes wrong. Spider-Man Miles Morales is one of the big exclusive launch titles for the PS5, which has now hit the shops. Of course, in this pandemic, everyone's rushed out to the web. No pun intended. John Lewis's site crashed. There have been problems at Curry's Game and elsewhere too. The console costs around £450. Is it all going to be worth it? I'm joined by the tech reviewer Gadgets Boy. Now, you've got your PS5, so when you plugged it in, did it blow your mind like the marketing promised? I think it will, just from the sheer design only, it looks amazing and it's it's futuristic. It's huge, though, um, so not everyone's going to have space for it uh, unless in, I don't know what setup people have at home these days, but it's it's quite big, whether you're lying it flat or, uh, or vertical, horizontal, whatever, it's, it's just huge. There's quite an impressive lineup of games there too. Maybe not as many as some people had been hoping there would be, but what was the, the first one that you stuck on there? And did it feel like you were stepping into the future? So Spider-Man uh, Mars Morales, for me, was actually a re- it's a, an amazing launch game to have. It's enjoyable to play. I like the storyline. There's a lot of dynamic areas to the game, so you don't get bored easily. You do see some really good detailed level of graphics. Uh, so it's got something called ray tracing, which means basically you can see better reflections and like shadows, etc. Because the PS5 has a higher frame rate as well. With the TV that I've got with the PS5, it means that I can enjoy that high frame rate as well. So things just it just looks amazing. It feels almost real uh, the way they've created it. That's interesting that you've mentioned you've got a television that can handle that high frame rate. What if you don't? What if you've unboxed your PS5, plugged it in to your old television? Are you going to notice any difference? Uh, no. If you so basically, PS5 does 4K 120 hertz refresh rate, right? If you get if you have an old, older TV that doesn't cover those things, you won't notice those extra features that what next generation consoles are all about. So that, which is a shame for most people because they'll buy expecting to see like this amazing difference, but all they'll end up doing is buying into the hype of having a new games console and that's it. As far as I know, the Sony TV that I've got is the cheapest or most affordable you can get with all the specs. So like 4K, 120 Hertz, uh, HDR, Dolby Vision and uh, variable refresh rate as well. All the TVs won't have this. So this new one that I've got, which is the most affordable, uh, is about uh, £1,200. If you if you then put all that together, that's you're spending near near enough two thousand pounds on just a gaming setup. 
because you then have to worry about extra controller if you have a family. So if you, if you have uh, two kids, for example, or one or more people in the family that wants to play together, you have to get that extra controller as well, which is extra money. But of course, the really big question is, in this console war, if you've already got something like an Xbox One, are you now going to be tempted to get a PS5? Is it better than what Microsoft's preparing? You know what? A lot of the questions that I've had through uh, Instagram would be people asking, oh, I've already got this. Is it worth, is it worth switching? And I ended up having a template of a reply that I just copy and paste, which is basically both consoles are amazing. What the deciders are is one, where are your friends? Are they, are they playing Xbox Live or are they on Sony PlayStation Network? So if all my friends are on Xbox, it makes sense for me to get an Xbox because it means if I want to play like FIFA, for example, I can play them online. And then the next thing is to look through the game, game games list, the exclusives to see which ones I prefer over the other. Like I love Miles Morales Spider-Man, but it's not available on Xbox. So it's a bit like, well, if I really want to play that and I love that game, then no brainer, I have to go PS. But the bottom line is, regardless of whichever one you get, you will get the same graphics uh, experience. So you're not missing out on that at all. All you're missing out on is whether you play your friends or the, the games available. If you head to standard.co.uk, you can find our articles on the best PS5 deals out there and the places promising to get restocked soon. That's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow. <laughs>